0: Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content.
1: G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fears, of course. It's hard to record the show because we're recording it Sunday night. As you know, I'm busy over on the Carlton board on Big Footy. Just uh, enjoying life, being a Gold Coast Suns fan. That's uh, that's how bad my life's going. I have to look at the the misery of others.
2: Someone who makes me miserable, Cam. How are how are you going? <laughs> yeah, good. So I was waiting for that. It's like it's either going to be just, uh, there's no way it's going to be to Stato, but good good times for the Gold Coast Suns. You know, that's a fantastic win this afternoon. Yeah, right. what do you think uh, you know Lockie Weller as well coming back into form. People who. Hype on him in the preseason because he had that switch to halfback. All of a sudden, that's looking a little bit more real.
1: Yeah, yeah. Happy days. Happy days. I bet he hit a few waiver wires this week too. Ooh. So, uh, no doubt the claims will be in. And a man who, when I think of the phrase, see you in the NT, I think of him. Coincidentally... He also lives in the Northern Territory. Stato.
0: How are we, boys? Look, I've got to say uh, there might be a few outbursts tonight um, or for our listeners tomorrow. Um, unfortunately, I've had a pretty tough weekend in the old fantasy world. Um, I-, I was pretty well flying high um, in the top 1,000 at Supercoach, but uh, have a guess who was my captain. Was it Warple? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too. No, 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 it was uh, Paddy Boy, um, so that was just fantastic, and uh, because my VC didn't do well, so I had to roll on to the gripper, and basically every other format, I've just gone, well, let's face it, shit house, so my weekend's going wonderfully well.
1: In what, okay- what format was going? that, sorry?
0: Every single fucking format.
1: Where were you doing well, though? Where were you,
0: just for the listeners? I was doing well in Supercoach. <laughs> Ay. Was what a fraud, what a fraud, yeah.
2: Stato. I, ju- I just want to recap. Uh, you know, if we had like a, a clips show, there'd maybe be a clip of this going over the top. But what was that trade that happened last Oh,
0: week? um, a very good one for me. Um, if if you guys haven't looked through my list, we keep 12 in our keeper, um, and I've Currently got about seven keepers on there. And can I say um this is the worst part of this story is when I finalised my twelve, um there was one Will Brody that missed the cut. I just couldn't guarantee he was in the top. And because uh Chera and Hewitt came into Carlton, I let Bam Bam go. Oh no. Mm. So my, my list, and I told Steve this is before we were recording. We went into our round one matchup and I had prepped my five defenders uh, on field. None of them played. Not one. At all. Um, it was uh, woeful, disgusting and ugly. Um, so that trade wasn't for this week, Cam. Um, this was to build my keeper list and I needed to find a Ruckman because, uh, the great man, um, Nui unfortunately has passed his scoring days and he was my only Ruckman. So I had to do something. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, mate. And don't worry about Warpal; He can be adjacent as much as he wants this season. But, uh, when they trade out, uh, Omira, And Mitchell at the end of the year, Um, he'll be their um, number one insider and I'll be quite happy with that.
2: I'll tell you what, like just something for the listeners. First of all, spoiler alert for Warple. Come on, man. But also, uh, if in your keeper there is someone who is just struggling to find a, a first position ruck, target them. Like, no tomorrow, because Stato has come to me the last two years for Rucks. He came at last year. And <laughs> yes, offered that's right. Fair bit and he's come for <laughs> Laddams this year and he's offered Mills.
0: Well, I didn't it, come for Laddams. A, I wanted it's, a it's, replacement, midfield as well. All
2: I'm, all I'm saying is it's a, it's a right. fruitful investment. That's right. You'd you, you be
0: happy when he's out for 12 months with a series Achilles injury and my two are plodding along doing 95s.
1: Well, they are plotters. They are. They are. <laughs> I, got, I, got nothing, I'm... I got nothing done last Monday because the DMs were just blowing up, going as Stato lost his mind.
0: It's it's okay. In 2027, when it's finally the season, we'll, we'll see the returns.
1: <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, hard to see that coming. But uh, something we did see coming. <laughs> Or maybe didn't see coming. Uh, we're talking about what we noticed this week. I noticed we were terrified in the preseason that split rucks were going to be in vogue, and they are out, man. The split ruck is is the minority rather than the majority. You're seeing a lot of just the the ruck forwards, and a, and a ruckman getting the bulk of the time. So I think it's pretty good good news. If if say you know your ruckman goes down during the year, you're probably going to be able to find a pretty reasonable replacement. At some point and it's probably going to mean that there's going to be some guys picking up forward status along the way so certainly a bit to uh, think about in terms of the rucks and the forwards and and who gets it and who doesn't going forward especially if you're struggling with a forward line
2: So I was looking at this just before Um, it's a really good point the interesting thing is overall contests and stoppages haven't really decreased it's really quite similar so You know, good times for those solo ruck
1: teams. Yeah, it's like we had um, Goldie hit the pool. Now, Goldie's in that split ruck situation. He's going to be one of those guys who probably adds forward status unless something unforeseen happens over the next couple of weeks. Well, I could see Cherry um, getting rested or moving on at some point this year and Goldie being the main ruck with CCJ if he ever gets fit coming back into that team. So I'm certainly taking my shots in that area. And the, and the
2: one to look out for, right, is Oscar Mack, to be honest, with Darcy Ford. Like, Darcy Ford is a placeholder at the minute for Eric Kipwood. Like people need to probably keep that in their minds while Oscar Mack's scoring quite low. And as soon as that's on the cards, look for look for a few trades, I reckon.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, the ruck forward position isn't a great one to put on the field unless you happen to be playing uh, Adelaide.
2: Mm. So, anyway. Riley, Riley I score. Oh, Oh,
1: it's their defenders. They're just trash at this point. Anyway, what did you notice, Cam?
2: Um, so last week I talked a little bit about the fantasy black hole that's emerging with a few teams, uh, Suns, Pies, and the Cats, and I did mention the Hawks as well. Um, but So all I've done this week is gone into a little bit more detail about what I actually meant um, with that, and it's it sort of still ring true this week. So far, the Suns, Pies, and Cats all seem to be allergic to marking. So, Steve, I think you've called out the Suns piece before around them really just not taking marks, but the three of them are going at over 25 less marks per game than the leading team, the Lions, which obviously is an impact scoring across the board. I think that's okay for some teams, but it's scary for these guys because they're also falling far behind in kicking. Right? So you're not getting either of those scoring assets in any, any fantasy format, um, which, you know, it's a clear game plan change, especially for the Cats and the Pies, who have been two teams that are really happy to play that kick, game, kick mark game plan over the last few years, which has produced so many good fantasy players and scores. But this year, they're actually handballing a lot more. To the point of, I, I think uh, it's something like the Pies are the first team in the comp for handballs, and I think the Cats are the sixths. Um, something that's completely different than, than years gone by. Um, and as we've seen with the Tigers before, that's hot garbage from a fantasy perspective. So lower, you're essentially removing two of the primary reasons why people score um, without taking on tackles. And actually, across these three teams, tackles are pretty average. They're not putting... I think the Pies are putting on the most pressure. Cats second, uh, and Suns are just dragging. Um, when we talk most pressure out of the three teams, Steve, I see your furrowed brow.
1: Oh no, I was yeah. thinking about the Suns today because they only had like thirty odd, like
2: nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. yeah. So the, so they are the Suns are the outlier here. They're trying to deploy the same game plan, but they can't. They're not kicking. They're not marking, and. They're second last for handballs, right? So from a dispose, they're not getting the ball. They're, they're ball sons from a team perspective are team adjacent to the ball. <laughs> like, they're just not
1: there. Well, where they were where they were good prior is they were really good in the contested ball and the clearances. Yeah. So you know
2: they they miss it. Well, they were back today. Like yeah. they they were way better today. Uh, to be fair, but from an overall season perspective, they're still looking pretty unders. So. Interesting to see if that's a game plan change um, at the Suns. And, and if it continues, maybe there's some uptick there. But, you know, it's maybe just a little bit of caution for the listeners on those buy low targets and people you might think are really good value from these three teams. I, I actually just don't see it unless something changes. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I, the Cats are doing well. It's hard to see a change. The Pies, are they got beaten by the... The Waffle All-Stars on the weekend, so maybe there's some change there. But the Suns did okay.
1: Well, so. well the Pies were missing like Adams goey and, and to be fair, mm. they like key forwards will touch them up, which is mm. probably something that West Coast have got a bit of. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is the the wings. You just can't roster them if they're in a middling team.
2: Yeah, good point. Yeah,
1: which a lot of those are, and you look at someone like Josh Kelly, who's not getting any inside time. Oh, he's stuck God. out on a wing, and he's just like I got all the shares in the world of Josh Kelly. He's just a M four at this point. Yeah, M sixteen. So- <laughs> Freaking
2: up, <laughs> I-, so, I, I was looking a, at his look stats, at the time, and, that, and there was something like, "Geez, what were they?" It was like he's down tackles. He's missing about three tackles a game at the minute.
1: Yeah, and it's like he was so good last year, and when GWS were winning, it was hard to see him moving away from that. So I bought into that, have him across the board. Bad times, bad times. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat. Yep. Stato, what did you notice?
0: I actually just, um, just going to make a brief comment um, on the fantasy game. Actually, um, as if COVID didn't give us enough challenges, we we're starting to hit that that part of the season where we're starting to get regular injuries. So you're starting to get a lot of the bodies hitting hard, and therefore we start get to circumstances um, where they're being put under pressure. It normally happens around three, four, five, where we start getting the soft tissues joining as well because they're pushing themselves really hard, getting pressure uh, to get those winds on the board. So to me, this is when the waiver wire becomes so important, and COVID adds another layer with so many people being. Uh, health and safety protocols each and every week. So what I'll do here, I mean, I gave you the example at the start of the show of me missing all five defenders. So D1 to D5 was gone. And um, this was through injury and COVID. So you, you need to keep your eye open because there's going to be great opportunities that actually pop up each and every week as teams are trying to ensure that they've got 18 fieldable. And there's going to be great opportunities. And Lockie Weller is a classic example of that. Could have been dropped off um, many a time just because of the performance. But think of those sort of Midland guys um, that go have a small injury or health and safety protocols. They might get dropped off. That's where you can build your depth up for your team.
1: Can I just follow? I've got a question on that point. Like, I see a lot of coaches who are just unwilling to drop middling guys i'll talk about jake bowie's a classic example like i dropped him this week well he was averaging 100 in super coach probably a guy people wouldn't typically drop uh with those sort of numbers but do you think it's going to favor those aggressive coaches because it'll come back later as long yeah, as you're it's, getting the wins? Yeah,
0: it's it's a really good question i seem to have lost you yeah sorry i i'd um, missed you guys for a sec there. Um, might have been my internet dropping out, but, um, it's always comes at a risk when you, when you drop players off, but it's the only way, obviously you're doing it to make your squad better. Um, I, and I think there's, as long as you're reading the play right, it should assist you being aggressive. I've always been an aggressive coach and you only have to look me in the Keeper League we've got a bit of flexibility. I'm always chopping, swapping, trying to get a squad, but, at the end of the day i've got a shit house team at the moment so i'm desperate to try and get something on the field um but yeah I, I generally think aggressive coaches are the ones that get success yeah
1: fair enough cam do you have any thoughts on that
2: yeah not really like i i think you're probably on the mine here with uh aggressive coaches benefiting this year but i'm, I'm still not maybe Sure, with the reference there. To what? As in, like a, so who would you mention that was, maybe but, Jake but Bowie for example. Like, like
1: he's a middling player, but what? It's not. I'm not saying to drop him's a tough move, but I think especially early in the season where averages will be inflated or lower based on just a few games, small sample size, mm-hmm. coaches won't be able to drop. Someone who they think they might have a bad game, or even someone who might miss a game with the health and safety protocol, who, to be fair, is probably a waiver wire player, but they just
2: look at that score from last week and go,
1: Oh, I don't want to lose that guy. Oh, you know? Mm.
2: It's the is that person on the up mentality, right? Like, you don't want it's the FOMO. You don't want to, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, you don't want old mate to pick him up. Um, have him score 120 the next week and rub it in your face again. I hate yeah. old mate. Yeah, I, I think old, mate. old mate's such a jerk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, we're going to get into the waiver wire picks. Again, we'll be doing for shallow players. So, shallow players, so if you're in a shallower league, they may or may not be available, but we like them. And then the deeper players, the ones under 65% ownership on ultimate footy. That they're just everywhere, not in, not in your league because your league's just tight as hell and you can't get
0: anyone good. Um,
1: but why don't we kick it off with the shallow guys, Stato?
0: The shallow guys. Well, I've just split them up between the over 50 and under 50% owned. So, um, we're here for the over 50. Um, Tom Atkins, I've got sorry, feeling a bit unwell. Um, 74 and 76, um, uh, two scores in his uh, first four games. Um, <clears throat> not a massive ceiling, but he's really solid. You know, I, I liken him to a broad bent. You know, you can sort of guarantee that sort of 70 average all the way through. Uh, so I it like myself a bit of Tommy Atkins. Interesting what Cam mentioned about that sort of Geelong team. So he's certainly one to watch to see where the trends are and whether there's a little bump that he had this weekend with Stuart out. Um, Trent Rivers is one I'm really excited about. 66% owned. Uh, two games in the, in the seventies, very talented. I think he can ignore his 35 from this week. There were basically no points for the Melbourne defence against Port. Um, none whatsoever. Most of them were quite low compared to their average. Next one is a bloke that Steve absolutely hates. Michael Walters, 59% owned, looks to be getting his mojo back with a 70 and 80 over the last two weeks and looks quite threatening. And the other one is a guy on the rise, a um, bit of a slow start this year, but he's really kicked on the last couple of games, and that's Heath Chapman, 63% owned, really finding his feet, um, and he's got two 80s on the trot. He looks really exciting, Heath Chapman.
1: Just, uh, I'll bring a couple of points. Defenders against Port Adelaide—that's like the worst team for defenders to score against. So, like you said, don't don't mention too much about that. Michael Walters will be interesting to see what happens with him after he shoved Tim Taranto into an umpire.
0: Oh yeah, mm. yeah, I remember that. So,
2: oh, I, I reckon he wasn't looking at the umpire. And
0: hey, hey Cam, oh. I told you, you hated him.
2: I love my in my favorite player. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know why. Like all this time, Stato like Steve has just gone so hard at Michael Waddle Malters, and I don't actually understand nah, why. No,
1: what, what do you mean? It's only been the last couple of years.
2: His career.
1: Yeah, I've loved Michael Waddle no, his whole hating, time. Hating no, it's not what I've heard. Truth you guys crap. are <laughs> You <laughs> fucking bit so hard, then. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's all right. You gotta get me sometimes. <laughs> Damn, who you got your shallow guys?
2: Uh, shallow guys, uh Liam Shields. So totally appreciate that he's pretty much cooked and that Haw- but Hawthorne were dreadful today mm-hmm. and were bashed around the contest. Seventy one percent owned. I think he, you know, potentially gets caught up again. He was you know, he was Liam Shields in the twos. He was fine. Yeah. Um but, but he he certainly, you know, in a season where mids are hard to come by, he could be someone who Gives you that M7 type uh, score. I think uh, I've, I've kind of gone a bit speculative here. Just from a, there's a couple of players that one's coming back. So Kate, Keaton Coleman's probably one week away. He's probably someone I'd look to pick up now. If you're in a, a league that's highly competitive, people are probably looking at the waivers and seeing the injuries come back and and taking a punt on them, uh, depending on where they are in the. You know how the team is structured and where they are on the ladder. But for me, you'd probably want to go just a little bit early if you want to take a Specky on him. 28% owned um, and he's probably looking good for that halfback role if he comes back, even though Zorko's been okay um, in that role. I'd expect Zorko to shift for Caden to come in. Um And the other one from a shallow perspective is Trent Uh Mids, again, real struggle this year. Uh thirty three percent owned. Ollie wines went down with myocarditis, I believe it is. Uh which you know, not a how long thing. It's a oh how long's a piece of string at the minute. Unfortunately, three feet, but um
0: what? three feet. That's how long my piece of string is.
2: Oh no. Um yeah, Transhi Mont uh thirty three percent owned. Was fine in the sandful, was fine on the field for port when Wines went down at three quarter time, or half time, whenever that was. I think he probably gets a call up. Um and is a decent specy.
1: Yeah, man, I went I went way shallower than that. I was like, Yeah, Willem Drew's eighty per cent. That is shallow. Well, that's you know, he's Yeah, yeah he's around. A yeah, he's, a he's around. Yeah. Uh Max King. Uh, he's been pretty good. Has got the Suns on deck this week, so a pretty handy matchup. I know the Suns are in red hot form red. at the minute. Uh,
2: <laughs> so hot. So uh, how are they? How are they from a, a forward perspective, by the way? So like, are they our forward scoring well against the Suns?
1: I uh, don't have that sheet up right now, but I, no. I, I believe they are. Okay, I ble- don't take that as gospel. Uh, and Will Powell is actually seventy two percent owned. So. He's around. He's around. Deeper He's been hey. He's been bad. Yeah, he hasn't been it's, good. That's why he's been in the in the pool. Yeah, true. He, yeah. He's been pretty trashy. He's having a dip.
2: Having a bit of a dip.
1: So um Yeah, maybe well, and the Saints are one of the prime defender matchups. So that, that's that's something he's got going for him. Deeper leagues, I've got Nathan O'Driscoll, uh, obviously talked about in salary cap quite a lot, thirty three percent ownership. He Chapman is Stato did mention Has Essendon on deck this week, which is, again, a prime matchup for your defenders. I I still believe in the idea of Max Holmes coming in at 59% ownership. Coming up against the Hawks, I just love playing anyone against the Hawks. They're just straight fucking garbage in the midfield. And Dan McStay, 40% ownership up against Collingwood, who do give it up to the key forwards. And he was great on the weekend, so Dan McStay.
2: And probably just my deep... Uh, wavers. So I have still Thompson Dow, 39%. I think he, again, he was fine. So he backed up his 78 with another 78 in the AFL fantasy format. Um, and I think he's doing it from about 70% game time. So there's probably a little bit of upside there as well, but I would kind of expect his ceiling to be about what he's scoring now and that it will actually go down throughout the season would be my guess, but still well worth the stream if you can get it. Uh, and uh, just keeping the Tigers vibe on, uh, Kane Lambert, 55% owned, came back in the VFL and played, I think, three quarters, maybe two quarters. Yes, he's old, but he's still a lock for about a 75 is average he? if he plays. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I, I think he is Um in the f- ones if he gets a run. So, like, he's probably one to look for. And you know what? St Kilda defenders pick one Uh, you know there's enough there that are low percentage own but Wilkie Lena they look fine like Lena was great today he was everywhere Like every a lot a lot was made of Josh battles first week playing as an intercept defender but actually it's been pretty well split across Wilkie Lena and battle
1: I reckon I could stream a forward every week who was better than Kane Lambert without even trying
2: I mean, we've, we've got – so when all, all of a sudden we have a thing. So when Lambert is back in, it's <laughs> in old. the ones, it's old. <laughs> Stato, who the Lambert v, v. Gap.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone wants, more Kane Lambert content.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Travis Collier, uh, 8% owned, uh, averaging 70 with a 80 and a 76 in the past two weeks, uh, better than Kane Lambert. Jason Castagna. <laughs> Or, Hans Stanger, um, 20% owned, 80 and 84 in his past two weeks. That's a forward, better than Kane Lambert. Uh, Tim O'Brien, 28% owned, really good role, and I think he'll be a worthwhile streamer. He's a forward, uh, defender, so therefore a forward and better than Kane Lambert. And Miles Bergman, uh, 43% owned, first game this weekend. Um, scored a 92, was against Melbourne, and they were chipping it around together. He is a mid-only, but he will get back status.
1: Stato, gone deeper than Barry White just then. Well done. Love those uh, 8% ownership picks for your 16-team, uh, 80-man roster dynasty leagues out there. They'll, they'll appreciate that content. What are you going to do, Cam, with uh,
2: Blixarves? Man, uh, it depends if Rudder Galea is playing. But it, if I'm an owner of Blixarves at the moment, and knowing that Chris Scott loves to play Rudder Galea, I'd look to trade him so high. Oh, I, I'd, but
1: He'd be on waivers, surely, in a lot of leagues. I don't Really?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I reckon he's rostered in places. Um, but I'd look to trade. I don't think you'd get a higher value than... This week, if he, if Ruddigalier stays out for a long time, like we need to wait for the injury, proper injury report on him. But if he's going to be out a few weeks, he is going to score really well. Wait, like, he'll be a, a 90 defender while is out.
1: If he's on waivers, there you go. Get around it. Trade target of the week, Cam, who you got?
2: I got uh, Luke Parker. I, I was desperately searching for. Someone in Stato's keeper team, so I can get another. Mills All right.
0: Team. What are you, what are you um, offering? Let me, let me pop up.
2: No, you've, you don't have anything left. Do you, do you have dessert. Tom <laughs>
0: No, I, I've got, yeah. I've got Luke Parker. So if you want him,
2: that's... Do you yes. really?
0: Yes, of course. You know that. That's why you've brought him up. Um, so, um. Do you actually? I, yeah.
2: I, so. I think there was a reason I glossed over it because he's old in keeper. And um, keep, keep talking keeper. about him and I'll have a look what I want. So he's seriously down at the moment, as I think everyone knows. His uh, last three average is 65 AFL Fantasy and 62 Supercoach, being forced to play a different role due to, you know, all the mids coming through in Gould and Robum and uh, Chad Warner, and also Haney playing a little bit more in the guts, which, you know, it's a little bit more. It's not like he's playing full-time there. Um, I actually think this is the switch will happen at some point. I'm pretty confident... Well, not pretty confident. I would be trading, uh, you know, maybe mid-80s mid or a forward equivalent for Luke Parker because I think he can build from here. It's not like he's a worse player and it's not like Sydney's worse. It's literally the role is worse. There's going to come a time where they start to punt Kennedy out of the team. There's going to come a time where... Um, you know, injuries probably change the makeup and the the structure. They win this week, Swans. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, just they just,
0: only beat just, North Melbourne. Over,
2: yeah, they just beat North Melbourne. If if you think that's sustainable and going to get you in the top four, it's probably not it. So I I, I kind of think there's a world where they say Parker actually go back to winning the ball so that we can be a really good team again. Um, and it, he's not going to get lower than this. He's super cheap. Auto spares.
0: Okay, so I'll make you uh, an offer. You can have Luke Parker off me for Dan Houston and Archie Perkins. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a big blow. Okay. It's not going to. That's, no. that's fine. That's Not it. It's worth it. thanks for thanks for the awesome. offer, but I will disrespectfully decline.
0: How about uh, Callum Mills, Luke Parker for no no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, cool yeah, Stato, that's my... Stato, who are you trading for?
0: Well I did have Jack Lacocious Because he'd been uh, pretty awful scoring in the forward line They moved him back to the wing And started to uh, build up that scoring again As a defender mid um, Would have been quite worthwhile But it looks like he might have injured his knee uh, At the end of the game So we'll have to wait for assessment So the other one that I think has been having a pretty slow start to the season and you were hot on him, Steve. Um and he seems to just start to be turning it around now is Dyson Heppel. So averaging seventy five. So most owners would have been hoping for a for a ninety odd. So you might be able to get a decent bargain from a disgruntled owner.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um it's been tough sledding in the old Dyson Heppel streets, but that uh injury to Zerich, it's really Helped him along, obviously a lot of open ball there. I got a couple targets this week. I like Shay Bolton. Uh, he, he really has got a great role now. He's playing pure mid. Does push forward a lot, obviously, but the scores have still been down. So
0: is he a forward?
1: Yeah, so, so, yeah. A
2: forward. so
0: he's better than Kane Lambert.
1: Yeah, well, obviously,
2: <laughs> well, Kane Lambert's going to get that market share. It's kinda
1: of Kind of rosy is is better. <laughs> Well, maybe not. Maybe you'd rather, because you don't have to roster Kane um, Lambert. Um, but Shea Bolton's got that <laughs> mid-time role. Uh, the scores haven't been massive. So I know a lot of coaches out there are struggling and they don't know what to do to improve their squad if they've started out really bad on four, whatever. If I had a good player, they're the only ones with any trade value. Now, if your team's... Bad. There, there, there's not going to be heaps of good players. I would try trade down. Maybe someone who's been off to a flyer and get into players who have had a poor start. One of them, Shea Bolton, is probably a good target. Uh, and maybe find a low end mid like a Luke Parker. You know, obviously they'd have to be in the same team to execute that trade. But that's the sort of move I'd try to do in a redraft league. It's going to be over pretty quickly. Um, once you get to, if you started on four, one and three, something like that, you really need to, to start riding the ship. So I try to, to, to get that to turn around in that sort of fashion. But on the other side of the coin, you, you might want to trade in a couple of low end guys for a Patrick Dangerfield, who hasn't really done too much lately, no. but has got a really nice string of matchups coming up, including the Hawks next week, which, uh, Basically, just put the C on him straight away. So uh, I'd sort of look at someone like a Dangerfield, who he might be able to scoop up pretty cheap because he's certainly no one's
2: number one mid. I'm I'm so against it. I, I actually veto that hard. I don't buy Cats mids. Really? Don't. Just yeah. They I'm, got I'm, Hawks I'm next week. I'm seriously nervous about it. I know they've got Hawks next week, and that'll be the litmus test, mm-hmm. right? But you know, if they can pull together good scores against the Hawks. Um, then maybe it's not all doom and gloom, but I, I'm kind of cautious that they're going to pump out sub hundies. So who so you think they who's going, going to... full Richmond? I think they're going full so, Richmond. So yeah. who were your three I'm, I'm teams? A bit nervous. Suns, uh, Suns, the pies, and the cats. Okay. Just a thought, like you know, uh, yeah, this is the and difference.
1: I'll, I believe the cats are a good team still.
2: I think they are as well, but it doesn't mean their fantasy score is going to be great, right?
1: No, it doesn't. But there's still going to be usable scores
2: in there somewhere. Uh, maybe it's a different line because, it, like, the mids oh, just aren't. I reckon that's lining up. Who was the when Richmond
1: were bad? Who was the one player who still held any value? Name value? Or? It was Dusty. Dusty. Yeah. can still put out rosterable scores. Well, the guy who plays midfield and can go forward and kick goals—that's
2: Patrick Dangerfield and Dugowey. I kind of hope he gets DPP. Well, and Dugowey.
1: Oh, I'm. Well, I'm just saying. I think he's. I don't think he's an expensive buyer. Fuck. Last week I told you to get Seb Ross. You could have traded a bag of chips for him. Well, he scored pretty good on the weekend. Yeah, he was okay, wasn't he? So Seb. I don't know. I, I think the I guess, yeah. we had this. Like, and I'll talk about this quickly because I know listeners love trade talk. We had it come up in the listener league, and not to name names, but Nick come on (laughs) he went out and tried to to like fair enough look be aggressive and make trade offers but he went out and tried to trade like middling guys injured guys his targets were like tom mitchell took miller all the big star mids and it's like dude you're just not going to get that over the line in in this sort of league like maybe that flies in your home league Um, and this isn't to call him out, but I think it's a great example that everyone always goes after the top guys. It is so much easier. If you want more trades done in your league, it is so much easier to get them done with the lower end guys. Mm, Agreed. Totally agreed. So Anyway, that's my little rant.
2: Just on one little uh, bit, the Dyson Heppel thing, just a caution, and maybe it's swing against Adelaide, but... um, yeah, Redman, Heppel, Hind all went really, really well. Right, so defenders all went quite well, and they just didn't. It's, I'd, I'd maybe wait a week and see if it's true. Would be it.
1: he's fine. Shut up. to the Twitter questions. Maddie says, "Buy Adams right now." Well, wow. yes, he knows.
2: They don't burn a confirmed. He knows.
1: Wait till wait till Wednesday. He'll be back in the pool. <laughs> Steve asks, should I downgrade Luke Parker from my boy to Jag? Oh. No. Nah. No. Oh, my God. No. Nah. Oh, Jeez. I don't have any takes on Luke Parker. Is he a Jag? Yeah, he's, he's not a Jag. He's, not, he's an excellent player. Yeah. he's He's very good. The Candyman asks if this is your forward line in a ten-team draft league. What do you do and how do you sleep at night? He's got Mitch. This is on field. He's got Mitch Duncan, Patrick Nash, Jake Riccardi, Grind Myers, Michael Walters on the bench. He's got Dustin Martin, Chad Wingard, Kane Lambert. <laughs> no jokes, no jokes. Sam Wiedemann and Tom Powell. That's that's tough times, man. But
0: what's going on with Powers? Is just second-year blues, just trying to. Just trying
2: to earn he's, it. He he got injured on the weekend as well, so probably not good news. But yeah, um, he's in my home league. He's talking about his home league, and this is uh, he won last year, and I couldn't be happier with his forward line. To be honest,
1: it's um, I just you're gonna to have to play the way of Ohio, man. You're really gonna to have to play matchups, and you're gonna hit some, and you're gonna miss some. And that's how it is. Sometimes it doesn't. You do, sometimes you don't run good. No. There's not enough talk mm. about run good, man. Sometimes you don't run good. Chris asks, can you see a world where Sinclair gets a game? I assume he's talking about Callum. Oh, no. Thinking he's worth a stash given his DPP. Also put Cam in the intro. The man has suffered enough. Chris,
2: no, never. No. Oh my God. That's right. For Callum. And but put me in the intro, right?
1: If anything, we'll just stop playing an intro. If anything, you'd take Callum over putting me in the intro, to be fair. Might just be Callum singing the intro. Dylan asks, do I wait for the waivers to drop Warple or do I just straight to list him?
0: Ooh. Uh, in, in a, um, in a redraft league one season. Um, God, um, it's a really interesting question because we've just got to see what, Sam's doing. This is, this is the plan. And I think he's developing. He, he knows they're not winning the premiership. He's developing. And I think you saw um, today, there seemed to be a lot more o- O'Meara and Mitchell in. So I've got this funny feeling that it'll be absolutely rotating through and finding out who's what. Um, unless you're desperate for a player, I'll be holding on because it, it, there will come that time that he starts going, all right, this is going to be my best midfield group for when we're challenging for a premiership in three years' time. They're starting to play together.
2: So let me give you an unbiased opinion of someone who didn't trade for him last week. And the only reason that you'd hold him is because you're hoping to God that he gets your position. He spent a truckload of time in the forward line today. And if... And, and that's why he had such a poor... But so's like Mitchell,
0: so's is Amira, but they've, they've been swapping. So this... This, is, this uh, was...
2: I hear you. I totally hear you. But, like, I think he's not rosterable if he doesn't have dual position this year. Yeah. He might be better in next year, I'll give you that.
1: That could be one of those moves we're sort of talking about. He's a player people are going to hang on to rather than stone cold drop and let him screw up someone else's what roster. Yeah. Uh, Jones Street Elite says is Rory Sloan done now. The crew is back. The hell is the who group? is the
0: crew? Lead oh, and,
1: and Co. Yes, yeah.
2: Uh, he was done two years ago, wasn't he? Rory Sloan. Oh, he's he's fine. Last year,
0: I think he can still score fifty and a quarter.
1: Yeah, it's true. I think he's done personally. I'm out. I
0: would be out. Yeah, you you were out on Walters six years ago.
2: Jeez, he just never stops talking about how he, he hates Walters. He never
0: stops.
1: Dano oh god, Dano asks, How good is Hewitt? How good is he? yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, got
0: oh, got fine. told by everyone he's not good enough, he's just another walker. You're wrong. Hewitt's a star. Yeah, he
1: got he got lucky in that everyone's missed games, so it's just kind of worked out. Cher has been injured and Walsh has been injured. Now, uh Cripps has been injured. Jag, Kennedy can't turn up every single week. Got lucky there, Stato.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> He's the man... <laughs> I'm
1: spewing because I have like 8,000 shares of Hunter Clark, zero Hewitt, and they were in the fucking same draft spot. I was like, God damn it. Just any diversity would have
0: been. Yeah. It's funny how we get (laughs) hot on a player and, you know, round four comes along and you you see him on there and every single draft you know you're going to pick him.
1: Well, Dano, it's funny with Dano because he's in my home league and right, like I was looking at Hewitt. And I just went, uh, and I needed a defender at that point. I'm like, oh, I'll pass over because I know I'll get Clark on the way back. He picked Hewitt. I got Clark on the way back. And like 30 minutes later, Clark's done his shoulder. I was like, <laughs> fuck. And I had, there's history with me and Dono, so it really hurts. <laughs> anyway,
2: anyway. <laughs> just like Carlton players and people who, you know, maybe went pretty late and are doing well. what is he's Zach Williams, man. He's absolutely firing and he would have been... Maybe second last round in draft yeah, true. Like yeah. he's, he's, so he's getting all of the junk scored, time. All scored of the junk a, time.
0: a 30 round one, but three tons since. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Sparky <laughs> got a mate who was a
1: big fan of the show, but too scared to tweet. His name is Gonza. Give him shit.
0: Gonza. Gonza. Ah. You weak bastard.
1: Tweet and us. And he wants to know. If the butter has melted and he should trade him away.
0: Oh, no, that can't be the place. Although I, I will, I am a bit miffed. Um, Kenny Boy, he, he, he seriously wants to be sacked, I assume, because Ollie Wines goes down with something that's as long as a piece of string. And then, um, all of a sudden they're losing the midfield batter. Uh, battle, and Butters is still not in the guts. I can't work that one out.
2: You know what's really interesting, right? And this is, you know, I don't know, Stato, you'd know more than me on this, but how much effect could Michael Voss leaving have had on that club, right? Oh, wow, that's interesting. But he's left, gone to Carlton and dominating with Carlton, and now Port Adelaide's fallen off a cliff.
0: Yeah, but I don't think
2: it happens
0: that quickly. Um, it obviously does have an impact. So Sam Mitchell on West Coast. So he was their midfield coach in 2018. Uh, and then left to return to Hawthorne 2019. But I mean, it's not as if they fell off the cliff, just disappeared. Their performance wasn't as good. So yes, it does have an impact. Um, when you have someone special within your group, um, but I think their legacy holds on for a little while. So I don't really know how to explain this from Port other than saying they haven't got avenues to goal. So they can do really well in the midfield, have a decent defence. They're just not putting the score on the board.
1: Who knew Charlie Dixon was that good? To be fair, they've had a pretty tough draw, haven't they?
0: Yeah, have a look. Um, Carlton was one. I
1: know they had the show, the showdown, but like, poor, like Adelaide have battled pretty tough.
2: But they, they did lose the <laughs> showdown. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I know they lost, so, but like, yeah.
1: you know, Adelaide, wow, well, I mean, Adelaide might be better. But bad, it's, it's, but it's something like, oh, it's
2: a tough draw. They, they had
0: a tough draw with Brisbane, who I think we all agree is a top four team. Then they had Hawthorne. Yeah. I wouldn't oh, did they? I wouldn't say oh, that tremendously take feedback. it back. And then they've t- had Adelaide and then to fair they have played the best team in the comp in Melbourne. So um they've probably had two and two.
1: I'd say the it starts at the, the starts at the top, man. Kosh.
0: Ooh. Yeah, you, blame okay. Kosh. you blame Kosh. Kosh out. Kosh out.
1: Hmm.
0: I think it's a bit harsh. Is he still on sunrise?
2: Who cares? He's that's fucking right. He's he's like Hitler.
0: Basically. Oi, hey, you can't do what?
1: that. Your dinner guest. Your dinner guest, Stato, if you recall in the ISO drafts. Yeah,
0: that's no, I don't think so. Did I? You said that <laughs> Did I, I need to go and I need to go and suss that out. Oh, Koshi or Hitler? Hitler. Oh, right. Um, I mean, uh, oh, I mean, that, that's yeah. much better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay then. Um, no, I can't remember saying Hitler. You absolutely said that I mean, and you thought it was like
1: this big trump card up your sleeve in round four. Did did I
0: win the ISO drafts?
1: Yeah, the puns yeah. were out the that week. <laughs> <were> out.
0: <laughs>
1: Ollie, Ollie says, "Do we think uh, teams like Port Adelaide and Gold Coast are going to change their?" Game styles up, Port were playing really slow fantasy-friendly footy for their defenders, whereas our Gold Coast Suns have been... I love that. Yeah, our God Gold Coast Suns have been playing quick. <laughs> we love you, Ollie.
2: Yeah. I'd see the Suns changing after that win. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think anyone saw that coming, but uh, you've got to expect some sort of change.
0: Took's uh, gone, hasn't he?
2: As, as an oh, Uber Premier. I reckon that's too early. Um I think it's too early and, to call. And I think but
0: Still I, might be yeah. a little bit the same. He did get a 130, but it was against Hawthorne. Everyone's scoring well against Hawthorne. Um, but yeah, the, some of the ceilings have disappeared with a change of style. And I think Secilda may have changed their style a little bit too.
1: Tuk Miller had zero tackles today. Wow,
0: He's averaged really? over five for his career. Yeah, but hold on. He was oh, matched man. up with Hewitt most of the weekend. No one's going to catch up with Hewitt. That's a good point.
2: You make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting on the St Kilda thing. I actually think it's because Brad Crouch has come on a little
0: yeah. bit. Oh, no doubt they're sharing it a bit
2: more. And, and Jack Sinclair is fucking braining it. Was. Brad Crouch He's... plays more
1: outside than inside.
2: He's oh, a split. Yeah. He's a split. He's split. He's split. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think the support from Sinclair Crouch and you know. Steele had to come back a bit because he was just getting
1: too many tackles and too many marks. Yeah, yeah. like per game, it was ridiculous.
0: We'll, we'll need. We'll analyze um, after next round. We'll analyze Sinclair's. Um, raw data but I'm thinking their their marks around the ground are down. I think they're going more direct, and I think that's why all of a sudden Max King's having a major impact.
1: Carla asks prognosis for took and Rao would be much appreciated
2: in fact, what is jew's caper um Juice Capra is to be replaced at the end of the year by he, he's given up, right? They
1: just <laughs> fucking won by five
2: goals. Doesn't matter. Like, surely he's he's probably cooked because Alistair Clarkson's on the market. Hundred percent. Lock it in. Lock that in. I, I see you both getting a bit bit grumpy there. It's fucking happening, and you can't stop it.
1: Cam, you are coming Do up with, with some know, terrible takes. Yeah, that was shocking.
2: That's the take. That
1: what is this? What other takes? What are you, John what are Ralph?
2: Takes? Man, you stop these Who's that other guy? We're stop going you need to measure your piece of I, string. It's scary.
1: I think writing for the Herald Sun's changed you, Cam. Yeah. Breaking, exclusive. Yeah.
2: Really staff, writers.
0: <laughs> staff writers. Staff writers.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, Took and Rao. I, I think Took's a buy low.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No tackles? Come on. I want, yeah, I want to see it play out. That, that club's not getting the footy through the midfield. They're just surging. And Cam mentioned that before. Um, Rao is well down. That's going to stop at some point. You reckon Rao will come back? Oh, Rao's a bit of a worry. Rao's a bit of a worry. So I win that argument of Anderson over Rao. Not yet. are pretty even.
1: No, I don't actually. I really don't. Sign off?
2: Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Wow. Is that an end of season thing? Well, it has Is that, to be. Steve, would you, would you say that that's a player that you're holding on to that you could drop to the waiver wire? Matt
1: be... Yeah. No, nah, because I'd buy him off myself.
2: You would... Were... <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Frio asks, what type of alcohol do you recommend after picking
0: Warple over Josh Dakos? Oh... There's something strong. Um, go a single malt rye whiskey. Just clear. Clear the sinuses.
1: Tequila, man. Make it a party. Just. No. Nah. No, I reckon. What do you drink up there? in what do you drink up there in the Alice Stato?
0: Just in the Alice, water, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've
1: been. Is that what they call it? Yeah, the Alice. The
0: Alice. No, no. <laughs> the Springs. <laughs> the springs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't see any water. Here's the Springs. Um, I don't know, mate. I'm I'm sure it's just like the rest of Australia—a a mixture of beer, wine, and and spirits sometimes.
2: I would have thought it's just water with some. Can, can I say,
0: I, I don't
2: know. I,
0: I just actually remember once, but I don't think there's really many times outside my twenties, which was, you know, back in 1947, um, of where I've consumed tequila. It, it, it feels like it's the type of drink that you seem to drink with your friends when you're, pulled backwards at a nightclub and have to bend your head over the stage and they pour it in.
2: Then we've just had a, you know, breaking. Sato hasn't had friends since the 40s.
1: 47, so just.
2: Sorry, 47. Well, there were people he was on tour with. <laughs> sorry. But also tequila does suck. Um, it's a terrible alcohol. Terrible. I used to put it I in beer. What? What? Oh, yeah, the the, no, the, good. the
0: shot where you drop it in your in glass. the beer, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. yeah. Froths up. And Three of them. Woof. Woof. Woof.
1: Trap for young players. Yeah.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: That's all the questions we've got. Do you boys have anything to add?
0: No, just stay yeah. safe. Um, apparently, there's about 16 different versions of uh, of the the vid going around so keep doing the right thing people stay safe um um we'll share a bit of news tomorrow about the vid but um uh we hope what? we hope we'll share a bit of news tomorrow about the vid as in monday we'll share a bit of news about the vid but um i, I would um just like to make sure everyone you know we show you yeah. right breaking. breaking 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 news um but, um, yeah, just look after yourself, people. Um, and, uh, be careful of how much tequila you drink in my clubs.
2: And, uh, you know, we, I, I know we said spoiler, but we left it right to the end. Fucking Paul Adjacency Award, Warple. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, the Connor Conor Rose I love I love,
1: the, I love the, the vision you
0: sent through where the ball was 100 <laughs> meters and then standing around. There he is, standing in the 50 on his own. Ch- Thanks to Ewan for sending to, that through. Try, trying to look like uh, Tony Lockett, just one out in the 50.
1: Stato's main player in the midfield of his keeper team, hey, James Waffle. You have the
0: C on week in, week out, get that number one draft.
1: Pick. Yeah, plenty of people think he's a C at the minute. Anyway, moving. <laughs> we'll see you next week, listeners. Thanks for
0: listening to the Draft
2: Doctors Podcast. For tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au.